cut. I don't want to be empty inside anymore. We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that suck and shows that blowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe, secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. Ba weep, gra na weep, ninny bong. <laughs> Say it with me. That's the universal greeting of our cult, a very <laughs> special episode. I'm the Emperor of Space and Time, Ryan Alexander Tanner. With me in Portland, Oregon, is Vice Emperor in charge of Uplifting Spirits. And Butt Smackings, Lord. Uh, Carolyn Main, howdy, howdy do. And the director of the Office of Special Affairs. Austin Gorton, wishing you a resplendent evening. (laughs) And like all great cults, we have an official pussy inspector. (laughs) David Bitsenoffer, I'm going to make sure all those pussies are centered. (laughs) (laughs) And we were going to have a guest this week, but we reviewed them and realized they were a suppressive person. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just us four here to discuss Boy Meets World, season four, episode 21, Cult Fiction, in which the very special topic of cults is discussed. (laughs) Yay, we haven't talked about cults since Scientology. Well, I'll tell you what, I had a really hard time finding a episode of a show to talk about that wasn't about molesting boys. (laughs) I'm not sure this isn't about molesting boys. (laughs) True. Well, we'll get to that. But um, I'm, I don't know how, like, when we picked this topic for this podcast, I didn't realize how much boy molesting would be in the forecast. That's true. And then once Netflix learns your algorithm, that's Mm -hmm. all they want to give you. I know. know. It's just Michael Jackson this. Um, yeah, because there was an episode of Mr. Belvedere that I found on YouTube, but had some boy yeah, molesting in it. It's a Webster boy molesting. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch. So, um, we're going to talk about Boy Meets World. I was excited about this, too, though, because I really have been wanting to do a TGIF show. TGIF! Yeah. And we haven't yet. And it's funny because TGIF shows, it's almost like every episode's a very special episode. Yeah, in a, in a lot of ways, yeah. In some ways. I'm trying to think Full House. Well, Full House had some, but most of them were so bland that you couldn't even call them very special, right? Well, what I mean is that every episode ends with like a moral yeah. and a musical interlude and some sort of resolute and a thing you're supposed to have learned. Yeah, there's always a lesson at the end, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just not always a special lesson. No, it's usually some bullshit lesson. <laughs> yeah, it's usually like you're supposed to love people or something, but, you know. Or, like, Ew. it's okay that you didn't win, and then you win, or something. <laughs> That's usually what the lesson <laughs> is, the full house, yeah. You gotta learn not to want something to get it. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, well, before, uh, first let's go through the hosts and talk about our relationship with the show Boy Meets World. 
Um, I'll go first because I'm the host <laughs> and because I'm the emperor or whatever the fuck. Um, so I used to watch this show. This show, I think, because this is a show that got retooled a lot. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really weird. It's hmm. it feels so directionless. Sorry, I'm interrupting already. God damn it! You're gonna you're you're a suppressive person now, David. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, because it went through iterations. It wasn't originally a TGIF show. It was like a weeknight show. Yeah, it's like Tuesday nights or something. Yeah, first and it was seasons, about the kid, Corey, moving in next door to the dad from The Graduate, who was also his teacher. And it was, um, it was like very based around these characters in his classroom. And then it got kind of rebooted in the second season. And, like, the Minkus character disappeared. Mm-hmm. And then Topanga kind of got retconned because she was this weirdo hippie girl. Yeah. Right. And then she got changed into, like, this love of his life character who he'd always been in love. Like, there's a lot of things that happen on the show that directly contradict things we see on the show. Yes. And I think Minkus sticks around a little bit in the second season. It's just he's not, like, a main focus and then he just kind of fades away who minkus yeah yeah who is minkus was he the nerd boy yeah, yeah he's, he's like a little blonde nerd, nerd kid right okay and then topanga i think well she keeps some of her like more liberal tendencies but they yeah they underplay it a whole lot they just go, but she was like a weirdo girl yeah yeah exactly that's right. I forgot. Yeah, so then it's like this for a long time, and there's the character of Sean, who's like his troubled best friend, who goes through different iterations. So he lives with Mr. Turner for a period because he's got deadbeat parents. And then his parents show back up, and then his parents leave again, and he lives with the Matthews family, Corey Matthews being the main character. And this is during the period where Sean lives with the Matthews family. So it's Corey, who's Fred Savage's little brother. And he's got an older brother, Eric, and a younger sister who gets recast at least once, who's not in this episode at all. She actually disappears for, like, a season or two. And then she comes back as a different kid? Yeah. She gets Judy Winslowed. Yeah, but then she comes back as a different... Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then they joke that she was grounded for a long time. Uh Waka waka. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things that they actually referenced that was a change. Yeah, yeah. and then, like, it goes on because then they graduate high school and then they're in college together. And I think they get married, right? Yeah. They get married, like, super early. They get married, like, as soon as they graduate from high school. Yeah, well, they get engaged when they graduate from high school, I think, and then they get married in oh, okay. college. And, and there's a very special episode where they decide not to have sex at the prom, which was really annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I- so you guys all know almost everything about Boy Okay, Girl. so I didn't really watch this show when it was new, and like I think I had kind of grown out of watching TGIF when this was a big TGIF mm-hmm. show, but then it was on syndication a lot. And this show was sort of better than your average TGIF show, I want to say. It was a little sharper. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember actually watching it a lot like when it would come on after school when I was like a junior and senior in high school. But I didn't watch it closely. Like, I don't remember ever seeing this episode, but I've seen a lot of this show, is in conclusion. So what about you, Carol? What's your relationship with the show? Um, yeah, the way you guys talked about it made me remember more of it. I think, you know, just piecemeal, I've cotton about cotton. I've watched 30 or so episodes, a season and a half. I have a loose understanding of it and memories of it, but 
It's nothing like I held in my mind in between now and 20 years ago or whatever I knew it was coming out. How about you, David? Uh, it's like you, Ryan, in that I watched some of it when it was on TGIF. I remember more watching it in syndication, but I feel like most of it was because my sister was watching it. And mm. it's like either I watch what my sister's watching on TV at the time, or I just don't watch TV, which, you know, just wasn't going to happen. So then, you know. Sure. So so I was watching that, and I just have a weird opinion of it. I don't know, feeling about it, where it's like, I like some of it. Some episodes are really funny. Some episodes I don't think are funny. There's this odd morality throughout the entire show that I've always mm-hmm. felt a little misaligned with like it i think it skews almost a little too conservative for me and some of the lessons yeah well it's interesting when they talk about god in this episode yeah exactly and we'll get to that but so and it's definitely a show that was like saved by the bell except i think i had more respect for it than saved by the bell and some of it i think is unwarranted when you start looking at it and some of it is some of it is just better than saved by the bell that's not what i'm saying what i'm trying to get to (laughs) is that like i'd watch it in syndication and just see episodes and so then you try to piece together a timeline for how everything occurs. And I think not everything gels as much as you would want it to for a sitcom where, like, between seasons, a lot of things just happen. Like, I think Eric just is in college and they never really explain how he gets there or anything to that effect. Well, he probably applied to college. Yeah, but he there's, just there's a lot of... A uh, there's There's specific episodes dedicated to him not getting into college and getting oh right right yeah because of his hair they didn't accept him because (laughs) of that hair no that hair was like a free pass to college in the 90s i know i know it's really good hair (laughs) but i do remember this episode and at the time i remember thinking this episode was terrible and upon (laughs) rewatching it my opinion was further validated that I hate this episode. <laughs> and this was like your first exposure to Boy Meets World. Good luck to you because I don't understand how yeah. you ever watch another one. But I have mixed feelings about this episode, but we'll talk about it. But Austin, what's your um, I remember watching Boy Meets World early in its run, maybe even before it moved to TGIF, but I, it depends on when exactly that happened. But like, I watched the very early, like, Mr. Feeney's their teacher, Topanga's yeah. a weirdo, yeah. Minkus is there, and I yeah. feel like all a lot of the later stuff like all of Sean's movings about and even just like this Mr. Turner being his like guardian and then they mm-hmm. go to college, they get married and all that weird stuff. I heard about all of that. Like I was aware of it, but I don't I think that I just stopped watching the show and never really caught back up to it in syndication like you guys did. So it's one of those where I'm familiar with it and I kind of heard about it, but I haven't experienced a lot of it. Also, uh, Corey lives next door to Kit from Knight Rider, yeah. not the dad from The Graduate. He can Why be two things. He's also about? was in 1776. I know, and he was also in St. Elsewhere. He was also the head of the Screen Actors Guild in the 90s. Yes, he was. Yeah, he's an wow. I can't remember his name, but Mr. Feeney, he's a I'm just actor. saying, I kind of love that your point of reference for him was The Graduate, whereas yeah. my point of reference is Kit from Knight Rider. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so overall, though, I believe that Boy Meets World is not a terrible show. Yeah. Uh, no, I, th- I would agree. Like, when you talked about it being just a little bit sharper than yeah. the usual. Like, spoiler alert, 
okay, so this episode's about a cult. And spoiler alert, it does a terrible job of it. But oh, yeah. I can't see any other TGIF show even trying to, like, tackle an issue like a cult. Yeah. Well, I think the Tanners were a cult. Well, That's right, true. right. That's which is very why true. they never really yeah. called it out. Yeah, you couldn't talk about it. I would agree with you, Ryan. I do feel like there's a lot of variance in Boy Meets World. I'll put it that there's some highs, yeah. and I think there's some real lows throughout it. And I think it has a tendency to go off the rails at times. I think that for a T, I think it's a better than average TGIF show. Oh, I think yes. of all the shows that were on TGIF, it probably had the sharpest performances yeah, and writing. Mm-hmm. I'm grading it on a curve against the other TGIF shows, not yeah. against like actual legitimate TV shows. Yeah, although it does kind of have. It's funny because there were other shows that got retooled and became TGIF shows, like Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Mm-hmm was a certain show for a couple of seasons and then it got retooled and yeah. kind of uh, neutered and became right, a TGIF yeah, lost, show. lost its edge. Hmm. Um, but I don't know if this show was a Miller Boyette show, which most of the TGIF shows were. I don't think it was. Because, you know, Miller Boyette were this production yeah. company and they kind of created the formula that became all the TGIF shows. Yeah, it was. This is not a Miller Boyette show. Yeah. Unless, it, unless think, like, they get some kind of weird credit for, like, shepherding along or whatever. But it's Mike Jacobs is the creator. That's Mike right. Jacobs and April Kelly. And Mike Jacobs is a TV producer, not unlike. Uh, uh, Miller Boyette. He did like Charles in Charge and Dinosaurs and yeah, Dinosaurs. Yeah. Dinosaurs. Yeah. We're gonna do some of those sooner or later. Hell so yeah. one other thing I have to say about this show is on my 21st birthday, I went to L.A. <laughs> and I got really drunk with some members of my family, and we came out of the bar, and fucking Corey Matthews was just right there on the <laughs> sidewalk, and I met him. Douche did you punch or him? Non douche. He was pretty nice. Yeah. He, like, my brother was talking to him, and he signed some stuff for my brother, and he was kind of friendly. Um, he didn't mind that a bunch of drunk people were excited <laughs> to see him. You know, He yeah. wasn't getting mobbed. It was just us, and he was out there. I mean, that's more than Dustin Diamond would have done. He would have knifed you guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Dustin Diamond made fun of my ability to use a cell phone. Exactly. <laughs> but, I'm just um, waiting for him to knife you. That's going to be <laughs> hilarious. I'm sorry, but I'm going to come in and laugh at you in the hospital. Yeah. Oh, dang. I, I was yeah, thinking, like, oh, I thought he was a douche, but I think I'm thinking of Frankie Muniz, who's a douche. I mm. You might also be thinking of Fred Savage, who, speaking of Screech, uh, Screech called Fred Savage a douche. In yeah. The oh, the book, yeah. But I feel yeah. like that's proof that he's not a douche, though, right? Yeah. yeah I feel you know, like, it could go either way. <laughs> I feel like Fred Savage is generally considered, like, a decent guy amongst Hollywood. Yeah, well, he's a director now. He's, yeah, he does a lot of yeah. directing and... Speaking of his directing, he did some episodes of Always Sunny. Oh, that's yes, right. He I think he's done a bunch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is his little brother who had made at least one appearance on The Wonder Years that I remember. Yep, mm-hmm. yep he was in one and, episode of The Wonder and Years. And he makes an and appearance on Boy Meets World. Uh, Fred Savage makes an appearance on Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. And they use um, the little Savage also in Little Monsters. Yeah. They have yep, him play Fred right. Savage's little baby brother. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Though I though it, it is kind of sad, Ben uh, Ben Savage has not uh, not done a whole lot outside of Boy Meets World. Oh, do we have the crack research team on? He that? may have retired. Like I, he I may don't know. have. Yeah, well, because he went. 
I mean, Boy Meets World was done in 2000, and his next credit was 2002, and then it's it's pretty spotty until Girl Meets World came along, in which, but I mean, that's just him doing the same thing again. Well, and I He's watched an episode dad. of Girl Meets World, and that episode, that show was fucking garbage. <laughs> it was just, it was such a Disney show. Right. Well, like and it, it was such like it, an emphasis on this formula of shows and why it does no longer work. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like all about uh, cell phones and kids and their cell phones, and it was like really preachy and out of touch. Yeah, that's the whole Disney five yell kids yelling all the time. You know, acting yeah. is just yelling as much as as loud as you can with your hands turned up, yeah. upturned. I hands. can't believe I had to go to the store today. <laughs> Listen to my album. Like that uh <laughs> like that middle boy in Fuller House. Ugh. Dude, don't I'm not talking about that. <laughs> I haven't even watched it, David. You're so, beneath me. So this episode aired April twenty fifth, nineteen ninety seven. So this is about right in the middle of the run of yeah. Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're gonna get into it. We'll do the play by play. So we start in Mr. Turner's class. So Mr. Turner's like the cool teacher. He's like if Mr. McFeeny was sexy, they like sexed him up. Yeah, yeah they were like <laughs> when they were kind of retooling the show. They're like Mr. Feeny's cool and we'll keep him, but like we we need like a fuckable version. Of Mr. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, give me fuckable Feeny. This is one of the, the weird things about the show, which is sometimes I feel like they go in a direction and then just decide no, not to. Because they get the cool teacher, and he becomes like the guardian for Sean, and it really, and they're really just heading towards like him and Sean just becoming like him becoming the legal guardian of Sean. Yeah. And then there's even an episode where he's like, "All right, all the papers are here. Let's sign it." And then Sean just doesn't do it and decides, "No, I want to live in a trailer park and find my dad or something." And then they just kind oh, of really, I'm like yeah, legit impressed by how much David knows off the top of his fucking head. About <laughs> I I thought that there was like a season where Sean lived with Mr. Turner. He was living with him. It's just he wasn't quote. It wasn't like a legal guardianship. Oh, I see. And like so he wasn't. He didn't adopt. Basically, him. for him to adopt Sean. Yeah. And then right when at the and there's an episode where he literally has the papers and Sean decides not to like go through with it mm. and he wants to find his dad or something and and it almost feels like the show just decided like wrote this episode and then at the last minute decided no we don't want this to happen for reasons I still don't know but well and to put an underline <laughs> under your point this episode <laughs> unexpectedly and abruptly and with no follow up. <laughs> will be the last appearance of Mr. Turner. It's a, How fucked shit up did is he that? Die? It's awful, especially with the dramatic scene at the end. We can talk more about this. At We're the gonna. End. I'm this gonna save like, it. Yeah. But this just... is like growing pains all over again. Yeah. <laughs> but just to uh, just to give you something to uh, sit on the edge of your seat towards, mm-hmm. this will be the last appearance of Mr. Turner. Until, I didn't know that. That changes everything. Until. Girl Meets World, yeah, right. which Holy I haven't shit. seen is, myself, but I researched it. I'll tell you about it as we get Is he still there. hot when he's in that? You can tell me later. Um, Yeah, let me ch- get the crack research team on that. <laughs> <laughs> get the one who can tell if dudes are hot. Is there, is there one of those? That'll be Larry. <laughs> so Mr. Turner's like, damn, Sean, you did a shitty-ass job on your paper or whatever the fuck. In front of the whole class. And then he's like, Sean... <laughs> 
you need to start thinking about your future. And then Corey and Topanga are like giving each other hand jobs, but they're like, yeah, think about your future, Sean Hunter. Yeah, he makes the comment. He's like, come on, Sean, the clock is moving. And I'm like, who says the clock is moving? He's, he's like a old term. He's like a robot trying to affect human speech. Like, the clock is ticking. The idiom is the clock is ticking. He's like Tommy was so the clock is moving, Sean. I'm trying to think if I was in high school, how annoyed I'd be by Corey and Topanga. Well, I'm not in high school, and they're kind of annoying. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just all, like, all they are about them, and, like, the show just, I don't know. They just always, I, I want to say flaunting their relationship, which sounds uh, not <laughs> the right term, but they seem so proud of their relationship that they need to I, I wrote down, I'm like, they're not married yet, right? Because <laughs> they totally just come across as a married couple in every mm-hmm. scene they're in together. Well, that way they don't have to write two distinct characters. Yeah, they can just yeah. write one amorphous blob of finger banging. That's true. Well, now you're making it sound hot. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm selling it. At this point, they've been together for three years, and I can promise you that the most he's done is touched her boobs on the outside of her sweater. Yeah, yeah that's I think true. they've totally been finger to pangaing. <laughs> <laughs> <Swear>. <laughs> Kind of like where their ethics don't align with me totally, which is it's fine because you're pro finger to pang gang. No, I thought you were, David. Let me finish before I get on more lists. Um, That's what she said when you were finger to pang. Like, it's fine. This is a TGIF show, so it's fine that you're not going to show them like in the same bed, like doing it or whatever, you know, or anything like that. But but they also just really make a point of how much action they're not doing though too. Like ju- they how? they want to underline how chaste they are. Yeah. Not necessarily in this episode just in general in their presentation yeah. in this series. Well, I think they like make out a lot, but it only goes so far. Yeah. Like they don't talk about pubes. Yeah, they make out which is like maybe like you said, a little over the sweater mm-hmm. boob touching. Well, yeah, I mean they don't show that. Yeah. That's what's interesting. I mean, like I said, in the next season, they have a prom episode where they decide to have sex, and then they go to the hotel, and then they decide they're not ready, which is, like, so frustrating. Um, (laughs) Especially since I really think that, like, that sets a good example of, like, you've been together three years, and you really care about each other. That is who you should lose your virginity to, and just wear a fucking condom, and then you're fine. But the other thing, I've talked about this before that I think is really interesting, when characters decide not to have sex is, like, they can't show you them like making out and getting naked together right. before deciding so they always like kiss for five seconds and uh, then go oh i'm not ready to have sex and it seems so unnatural the problem is that tv only shows two things kissing or sex and they don't really show like the sex yeah, yeah but they they make it clear to you that these characters have had sex or they kiss and guess what, kids? There's a whole world of things that can go on in between those two extremes, and TV just does not traffic in that middle ground mm-hmm. at all. So it's like, hey, fine, Austin. Corey and Topanga don't want to have sex, but they could still do an awful lot of fun stuff together. Hey, Austin? Yeah. Sometime when we're not recording, will you tell me what those things are? I will. For the benefit of your girlfriend, I will fill you in. <laughs> fill me in. <laughs> if, you, if you write it down and draw pictures, I would like to see it, too. I would love Check. to see those drawings, Austin. Got yeah, it. please. I've seen David's drawings of it, and those are those really helped. So the other thing is that 
Um, yeah, Topanga's like, I'm going to blah, blah, blah school. And Corey's like, I'm just going wherever she goes. Yeah. Which is not healthy. But no. then they all end up going to the same school anyways. Of and, course they do, David. And shockingly, it's a <laughs> All live in one apartment together. Yeah, off-brand uh, college. Do they go to State U? Yeah, exactly. I think it's Penbrook is the name of it or something. Yeah. How do you know? <laughs> you fucking watch the shit out of the show, Carol. Weren't you listening? I guess, but, but uh, damn. But, Carol, you're kicked out of the cult. But then it's annoying uh, because Topanga's smart enough to go to a better college, but I think she just goes to a dumber one for core. I forget how that happens. But uh, yeah, she yeah. settles. She settles for him. Yeah. yeah. I'm so sick the... of that narrative of the woman settling for the man right in college. It, like, yep. come on. It is that, like, when you really watch it, you're like, what does she even see in Corey? Like, and that's a question I yeah. ask myself. Does she know he's the star of a sitcom? Because <laughs> other than that, what's he got going for him? And the answer is like nothing. He really does not have anything going for him. Well, well I don't want He's a cuter wanna... little kid than he is an actor. But I say that about all the child actors, and it's pretty mean. <laughs> I think he carries the show pretty well, honestly. I think well he's enough, bad. but yeah, yeah I just he's don't not think like he's somebody... married to you, Ryan. He's not particularly yeah. smart. <laughs> I don't think he's particularly <laughs> Well, according to Boy to Girl Meets World, they stay together and yeah. it works out. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Is it the same both actors, Corey yeah. and yeah. yeah, they weren't busy, Carol. Okay. No, everybody. It looks like everybody came back for Girl Meets World because when I was looking at the IMDb page, it's like credits Boy Meets World, Girl Meets World. <laughs> like yeah. for everybody that's in this episode almost. Is Mr. Feeney still alive? Oh yeah. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. in it too. Damn. Good for him. Yeah. All right, so we're now on minute two of the episode. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so some girl yes. just approaches. What was her name? <laughs> I don't even know. Sherry. Sherry. Culty Sherry. Sherry. So Patterson. she's like, hey, Sean. And he's like, uh, we'll just assume I know who you are. <laughs> and then she's like, man, I heard everyone fucking ragging on you about your future, but I have a hundred friends who all care about me. <laughs> Which is totally... And they're all not judgmental, so you should come to the center. Which is totally how friendships work. What matters <laughs> is quantity, not quality. So you're like, well, I, I have 100 people who care about me, so I'm much more better than someone who only has 98 people who care about them. <laughs> also, maybe your friends should call you out on your shit sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> That's what they're there for. I feel like the center is something that like Corey and Sean should have heard of or something, if like... These students are hanging out there. At least Mr. Feeney knows about it. Yeah, he's the only one. Turner doesn't know about it. Yeah. To be fair, though, Corey's giving him all this shit about planning his future, and Corey's plan is just to go live with his girlfriend when she goes to college. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so Sean should go find himself a nice woman and follow her around. And Mr. Turner is talking about his future, but he's a high school teacher. Yeah. He makes like eighteen thousand dollars a year, <laughs> and he was so mean to Sean. Everyone was just lecturing him publicly. Like it's weird that they're the heroes later because they're sure dicks in the first reel. Well, yeah, and what was interesting weird. is that Sean. It really wasn't even until Cult Sherry was like, "Boy, that must have been embarrassing," and he almost literally says, "Yeah, now that you mention it, I was embarrassed." Like it didn't even <laughs> seem to bother him until someone pointed out that he should have been embarrassed. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I guess so." 
I guess he's used to it. She's using her emotionally detached powers of persuasion. Well, when people talk to me about this podcast, that's how I feel. They're like, you're really pissed off when they said this, 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 and this about you. You know what? I am pissed off about that. David, 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 are you centered? Center yourself, David. David, that sounds like a judgment. So they go to the center... So here's one of the things I want to talk about with this. Okay. Because. David, do you need a hug? Because all we see at this cult is there's like a lot of hot girls who hug. There. Yeah, which is a good way to get like teenage boys into a cult. Yeah. Though. Props to the cult master. Well, so I think that. Okay. I mean, I think that the main failure of this is that they just don't spend any time on it. Yeah, no, cult? we're four. Oh, yeah. We're four minutes into this episode, and it's already creepy as fuck. No, but what I mean is that okay, like I can get behind a very special episode about cults being bad. Like right. I'm oh, totally. fine with that. Yeah. Like because we do the drug ones or whatever, uh-huh. and you kind of roll your eyes, like oh, let's all do drugs. But um, <laughs> like I agree that cults are bad, and I think that they point out a little bit of what the problem with cults is but they don't really spend any time describing this cult to you yeah, like, you don't no. see it for a couple of minutes bad you know right because there's a difference between a group of people that like to hang out together and a cult and which one this... are we again yeah, i'm <laughs> still trying to figure that out and we're saving that there's... for our finale Carol, we're sending you to the Sea Org for questions. Okay. Bon voyage. For a billion bon years bon of labor. And we certainly cool. see cult-like tendencies, especially the whole moving in thing, which is weird on its own. But we don't yeah. know exactly, like, a cult has to have an end game that's bad, which is usually, like, give us all your money or something like that. But Or I want to have sex with a bunch of different people who just feel obligated to or something like that. Or just like a charlatan that the head of the cult is all about aggrandizing himself. But we see the guy. He's not very – it's not a very good performance, the cult leader. (laughs) And I feel like we just don't get a sense of what his deal is really. I noticed too that this cult – the thing it most reminded me of is the Foot Clan in the That's original Teenage Mutant Ninja. That's what I was going to say. Because <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. like a couple of arcade machines and yeah. a bunch yeah, of kids like hanging out. Yeah, it's like a warehouse with arcades and all the kids are around. And I'm like, where were these things when I was a kid? Because I would have totally signed up for a cult arcade where I chopped people. Yeah. I feel like when you try to get someone into a cult, you don't do it in the same day. Like, you first meet them. Then you like hang no, that's out the with them and talk to them and you just you try to say how good you're feeling because <laughs> of your philosophy. And then when they build a trust with you, you're like, well, let me how about we meet some more of my friends? And that's when you bring them back to the cult. And wow, good pro tip. Yeah. Yeah. This is really good. Uh, good, good instructions. Yeah, no, this, this goes from like zero to cult in three seconds. Like yeah. he's yeah. immediately there and they're already like, love us, Sean. Be one of us. Well, they, it all happens during the commercial break, but we'll get to that. You guys are jumping ahead. He's like, who's this Mr. Mac you're always talking about? And I'm like, you mean the Mr. Mac she's mentioned literally once yeah. because we, we've we overheard your conversation and that was the only number of times that he said that name? I mean, there's a reason Scientology doesn't talk about, what's a Zeno or Zenu? L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, Zenu is the the the, the Star-Lord? Yeah, yeah you're, you're in deep before her. Yeah, they don't mention that for a long time. 
Yeah. Yeah, you have to spend like a million dollars to get the suitcase where it's written on loose paper yeah. and it's this crazy alien origin mm-hmm. story. And that time you've put so much money into it, you have no choice. Either you realize you've wasted about thousands to tens of thousands of dollars or you just decide to believe it. But then also right. what Scientology does, since now they have like a stigma against their name, is they try to get people in without actually telling them they're Scientology until a lot further in. But uh, Well, there's a lot. I mean, we can talk about Scientology for a long time. Uh, I read that Going Clear book. So yeah. I, but we're, let's stick to Boy Meets World. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like we jumped ahead a little bit. So yeah. what happens is Sean goes to the center. He meets Mr. Mac, who's like, are you centered? And he's got a sports coat on. And, and a turtleneck, uh, and that's his whole character. And then Sean's like, oh, shit, this is a cult. And then they're like, well, don't judge us, and we won't judge you. And Sean's like, okay. Yeah, well, I'll give... I'll give maybe a little bit of credit by at least having Sean. It's not that he's like hoodwinked into joining the cult. It's that he recognizes it's a cult and just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, but I feel like that's unrealistic. Like if you recognize something oh, as a cult, right. you're not going to join it. The The secret to being a cult is you try to convince them you're not a cult before that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, let's see how convincing they can be. <laughs> but they do have attractive teenagers hugging Sean. Dude, I don't know what's more convincing than that. <laughs> Let's see Hot what the script teams. says to get us into the cult. Or maybe we'll just skip it during commercials. Well, I I feel like part of what makes this so bad is that it falls short of being good. Like that it... it I mean, I don't want to say it should be a two-part episode because I don't want to watch 20 more minutes of this. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they breeze through it so fast because it makes sense that Sean is, like, emotionally hungry and feels displaced. Like, right, right. I think they do a kind of good job of setting up how a person can get pulled into this. Yeah. Right. Like, just... what type of person is preyed on by a cult and mm-hmm. what needs you would have that would make you susceptible to cult mentality but i feel like they don't do a good job of setting sean up as that character in this episode like don't show him really hungry for filling some sort of void because the first thing we see is he's not doing well on a homework assignment and then it's straight to cult then and you're like well i feel two ways about it because he's an established character yeah like, we've seen four yeah. seasons of him but the other thing is that part of what is frustrating about this is he feels so empty and alone but He's been adopted by, like, several different people <laughs> yeah. at this point. Like, there's and literally the- people fighting over who gets to be legally in charge of him at yeah. this point. No, I know. Like, I feel like if I joined a cult, less people would care than right. care about Sean Hunter. Uh, exactly. <laughs> well, his hair. His hair's also great. It's right or strong, man. He was in Seventeen Magazine. <laughs> I bet. Cabin fever. So then there's a commercial oh. break. And then we come back from the commercial break, and Sean sees Corey and their hangout, and he's like completely fucking mind wiped yeah, at this point. Already, <laughs> he's <laughs> hugging and using their lingo, and then a hug is a burst of pure love. You guys, tell it to the cops, Carol. Tell it to the cops. <laughs> I burst it all over. <laughs> this is the kind of shit that drives me nuts. Like when shows point out their own flaws, like. Because Corey's like, you're only at that center for like an hour. Right. <laughs> and they could have just as easily had Corey been like, Sean, where have you been for the last three weeks? Yeah. Right. And then exactly. Go, oh, it makes sense that he's been pulled into this cult. But uh-huh. they go the completely other way. And they get some gay panic in there, too, just for good Oh, yeah, oh, when yeah. he hugs him, yeah, he's like, don't hug is, me, This is the mid 90s. <laughs> and then he's like, so. 
Corey's basically just like, I don't know about this, Sean. This seems like this might not be a great deal. I think you should maybe be careful about this. He's like, stop trying to take this away from me! I'm like, holy crap, like, this escalated quickly. He's like, I spent an hour there. I played Double Dragon and Bad Dudes. Yeah, well, to be fair, if when I was a teenager, I found a place right. where I could play Double Dragon and Bad Dudes. They got me now, you know. Whatever they want, right. I, you're not taking that away from me, Ryan. Well, and why are there so many hot girls in this cult? There's, like, a lot. Did you guys know that laughter is a mask which denies reality and reveals nervousness? Oh, yeah. what What's Sherry says that? Yeah. Yeah, I just want us to not laugh anymore for this whole episode so that we're not nervous liars. I'll do my, I'll do my best. <laughs> so then, basically, we just establish in this scene that Sean is getting sucked into this cult, and he, go, he leaves with the three hot girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And frankly, I'm getting sucked into, like, maybe I should join the cult when I was in high school. Dude, if I could bang a bunch of girls at the same time, I don't care what else comes with it. I'll sacrifice all of you. (laughs) So then we see Sean and Mr. Turner in class. I guess it's, like, after class because no one else is there. Mm -hmm. And, again, this is, like, an incident where it's very clear that Sean actually has a lot of people in his life who care about him a lot. And are trying to help yeah. him, uh-huh. and, uh, which again tampers with the cult narrative. But uh, and Sean's defensive, and he's like, "I'm centered, you're not." End of story. And he's just there's only like two or three. So this cult is about being centered and hugging, and they're against being judged and not judging, and that's yeah. it. That's yeah. like their whole thing. It sounds like a recipe for a lot of long, creepy, weird hugs. Yeah, and yeah. Mr. Turner actually makes a pretty good point to Sean. That, I mean, of course, falls on deaf ears because that's the narrative we're here. But he's, Sean's basically, he's like, what's this cult all about? He's like, oh, you wouldn't understand it. And he's like, no, really, you should, you know, tell me about it. He's like, quit trying to judge me. And Mr. Turner says, no, I'm not judging you. You judged me when you said I wouldn't understand it. And mm-hmm. you're like, that's actually, you know, a, a decent point that, of course, flies right over his head. But I thought it was bad how he grabbed him. Like, Mr. Turner is, like, shaking Sean's shoulders. And it's the first of it of a fake dad kind of man grab that we'll see another later on. Fake dad man grab. (laughs) That's the phrase of the week. Coming up, baby. (laughs) So, and then, of course, we're not going to not talk about how... Sean talks about the hole inside of him that needs to be filled. And Mr. Turner's just like, if I'd only known. I guess it was so melodramatic that I didn't think about it that way. You didn't think about it? I want to reiterate that we did not do an episode about child molestation. Probably next week we will. This is a non-boy touching episode, you guys. But so again, like they have this very broad language around why cults are bad because they're like the center's filled with lost souls Mm. and they kind of, but I don't know if they do a good job of explaining why cults are bad. Yeah. No, I don't. If you're like, literally, if you're watching this and you feel like a lost soul who just wants people around you to like make you feel better, this show, this episode would almost make you just want to go join the center, you know, because at least people would care about you there, you know? Especially if you're a lost soul who, unlike Sean, doesn't have multiple adult parental figures fighting over you. Yeah, yeah, and not everyone's not trying to adopt yeah. you all the time. Willing to get into motorcycle accidents for you. 
And they got bad dudes, too. The lesson he ultimately learns here is is that lot that he has lots of people in his life who love him, and that's not necessarily always true for everyone, but that doesn't mean you should join a cult. Well, there's another ultimate lesson that I want to see yeah. until it comes <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, I because... think there's another lesson that this yeah, is I know. going for. Which is basically about an even bigger cult. <laughs> 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 but so, and then there's another commercial break. So then Corey and his older brother, Eric, go to the cult. Is question for Ryan and David as more avid boy not you Carol I'm out of the cult as more you need to go center yourself as more avid boy meets world watchers is Eric anything ever anything other than just like broad comic relief yes but is he yeah he has serious episodes but it's always more undercut because he's so slapstick all the time that it's like why are you even trying to make me f- take this guy seriously? And he yeah. kind of has the Homer Simpson issue of sometimes he's really dumb, and then mm-hmm. sometimes they want him to be, like, smarter than, you know, he has been. Like, oh, he's just of average intelligence. And you're like, well, you've already shown me, like, three episodes where he doesn't know how to, like, turn on TV or something. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to do the episode that is a parody of Dave Coulier and Alanis Morissette. What? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It sounds familiar. There's an episode where Eric meets like a young woman oh, who's yeah. a musician. Yeah. And he oh. dates her and she does yeah. all these like really upbeat poppy songs and then he dumps her and then she does all this like angry chick rock Whoa. and it's all on the radio, all these songs about how she hates him. And it's totally blatantly about Alanis Morissette and Dave Coulier. <laughs> there is an episode in college where Eric sets up the he lives with uh, Joey Lawrence's brother and uh, that's right Joey Whoa. Lawrence's brother's on the show later good looking lady and so that's their apartment and then he like sets up a reality show where he just films them and then he like Whoa. messes with their mind via remote control to like freak them out and stuff and like <laughs> yeah it's basically like an evil scientist who's like trying to scare them and freak them out and it's really weird let's talk about more other episodes of this world well i mean that's where it's like suddenly he's like super smart because he can set up all this like technology stuff booby traps and such what i want to say about eric is that i think his haircut is the evolved pokemon of sean's haircut Longer bangs, longer shade. I was into Sean until Eric came along. Oh, yeah. You're on the Eric train. Toot toot. Well, you know what the working title of this show was? Mm. Flannel shirts. (laughs) (laughs) This is definitely very dated as far as fashion goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, they still dress like this in Portland, though. Yeah, you guys are kind of in a time warp in that regard. Thank you. I'm jealous, though. I wish I could just wear flannels all the time. And have floppy I mean, hair, big floppy hair. Yeah. You'd fit in. I definitely had some floppy hair in the 90s. <laughs> oh, I bet. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Oh, I care yeah, about you guys. Nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> so then I like how um, Eric is just totally like, there's fucking poontang. <laughs> well, guys, let's be real all... here. Eric is pretty much just how we reacted to it, which is like, <laughs> wow, there's a bunch of like brainwashed, nubile, attractive women here. I'm all in. Well, and I like how he 
I think throughout the series, he kind of offers leverage, levity, leverage, levity <laughs> at at more serious moments, and I think he does a good job of it here. Yeah. Although it's tough to take this whole episode seriously, but uh... yeah. Well, again, I think it has a good idea behind it. Yeah. Is this where we learn that all the kids live there? No, we learned that earlier. Because she lives there. But, but it still doesn't make sense. Like, that's pretty illegal yeah. to keep children unless they're like a crack research team and they're getting an interest. Well, that's crack. still illegal. Yeah, they live we in the floorboards. supposed to talk about it too much. No, but I don't. Like, so does he have like legal guardianship of the like how did this happen? Are these all runaways? How many runaways are in this like town? I feel like this? that like if there's a hundred kids in this in this center, the odds are at least some of them are going to have some kind of legal guardian that's gonna raise a stink if their kid is like runs away from home and living in I don't even know what like this isn't a house. It's like a yeah nightclub almost. We don't see any bedrooms or anything. It's a set. Yeah, <laughs> you have to sleep on the pool table and on the arcade cabinet. Not worth I it. I feel I feel like they <laughs> invited some unwanted questions about the logistics of this cult by making it so big. Yeah, if it was, if it was like ten people, like if, well, yeah, that's true too. If this was just a place the kids come and hang out, you know, yeah. Yeah, it would make more sense. And maybe right. sometimes they sleep there, but, you know, it's not, you know, we don't talk about that. But then again, we don't even know what the grand scheme of this cult is or what the end game is at all or whatever. Well, that's another thing I want to say is that, like, to me, I don't want to say what happens yet, but it's a motorcycle accident. But <laughs> I think what would have been the better narrative is that if... Sean Sean had been going to this cult and then like they had some fucked up ritual and he was like oh wait you know like if there was like a moment of realization of the extent of what they were doing yeah this is the point this is the point of the episode where I wrote down like what is this Mr. Max end goal like is this a money cult is this an alien cult is this a suicide pact cult like you never a hug is it a sex cult you know yeah yeah but then you would think he wouldn't want guys with like the floppy haired handsomeness of sean around but maybe he's getting in the way of his underage that's true you send the boys to other people right like don't they live in la you could you could i don't think so no they're in uh pennsylvania yeah you could you could still move one in philadelphia (laughs) (laughs) but no and i think too the performance of the cult leader really falls because and they make references to how persuasive he is and stuff (laughs) and they really don't sell his character at all you're not impressed by turtleneck mcblazers (laughs) (laughs) i mean his fashion impressed me but the performance did not and his hairline was only so-so yeah it was a so-so hairline so, and then also, Corey is very condescending in his approach of Sean, because he's like, well, and he's trying to, like, equate it to drugs, which yeah, I this, is kind of okay. Yeah, no, yeah. They, he says, uh, it's just like doing drugs. Your mind is messed with, you're not the person I know, and everything you say is artificial. And this was very clearly the, like, here is the character giving you the lesson. Right. But then he's like, Sean... 
you're 16 years old and you need to figure out and it's like you don't want your fucking peer talking to you like that (laughs) well yeah and like sean says you know oh it's been 16 years and i haven't found anything any meaning in my life which is both eye-rollingly stupid but also probably pretty realistic of the kind of like angsty bullshit a teenager would say yeah you feel like that when you're 16 yeah no but I, then cory could have been like you live at my house <laughs> well that wasn't meaningful if that's what he if that was his response so be it but i don't get that vibe at all i don't know it's very it's very muddled so then mr mac comes in and he hugs him and uh I don't. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Exchange a burst of love. They also say that uh, he, Mister Mac, makes you think you're lost so he can find you. Right. Which is maybe the best uh, summation of what a cult leader does that we're given in this whole episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, we learn that uh, Eric's hippie name is Sunflower Fortunato. <laughs> That's a great sunflower is, name for him. Which is pretty great. I like that. Yeah. He just gives it to himself, though, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, don't call me Eric. My hippie name is Sunflower Fortunato. I do think it's kind of funny that Eric gets turned away from people <laughs> because he's just trying to bang these girls. I guess they couldn't move Eric, but they could move Sean. Yeah. His hair was too floppy. Mm-hmm. Too Yeah. I think this is the scene where, like, uh, the cult leader, Mr. Mac or whatever, is like, you can go wherever you want. And then Corey says, can I go there? And it's like oh, a yeah. door yeah. with a star on it. And he says, like, no, that's a celebrity wing. And I don't know, is that a shot at oh, Scientology yeah. or anything? It's gotta be, because I thought we were going to go in there later. I thought it was so hilarious mm. how it's like a cheap party yeah. store glitter star yeah, <laughs> taped to a door. I, love I thought it was just a gag. Like, I think that's part of why the show was good, because it had kind of like, this was like around when The Simpsons was at its top form, and I think it sort of uh, sucked a little of that humor off, like of kind of throwaway bits like that. <laughs> like, oh, off, huh? we're all... Sucked yeah, off sucked the off. bits? <laughs> of, uh, of, you know, like, oh, you can go anywhere you want. Can I go there? No. Like, just stuff like that, you know? Like, I yeah. think it was just a gag, like a kind of cartoonish cutaway kind of a gag. Yeah. I yeah. do wish we went in there later. I No, I don't... I didn't expect a follow-up. I just didn't know if that was a shot at Scientology was all. It's gotta be. I thought Maybe. it was... A, I thought it was an attempt to to further take some piss out of the cult in the just in the idea of like kind of like Scientology and just the notion of like we're we're here to give you what you're missing and and everyone's the same and we're all on equal footing except some of you are more special than others and get special privileges that others don't and trying to show some of that hypocrisy but then there was absolutely no follow up to it so then it probably was just a gag you sound really judgmental right now, Austin. I know, you're judging, Austin. I'm sorry, I'm, let me center myself, I'll be back in a few minutes. <laughs> well, and we have no sense of, like, the workings of, all we know is is a bunch of teenagers <laughs> and one guy. <laughs> right, which is which is to the episode's detriment. Like, we're, yeah. we're yeah. harping on that a lot, but it's because it, it muddies its message in that we have, like, no idea what the mechanics of this are or what the end game is. Well, we've spent a lot more time speculating about what the cult is like than we've seen what the cult is yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. There would be a lot or, for the show to render. They'd have to make up, like, an economy where they could have all these teens and make it 
decent enough for a sitcom. Like, well, they just I, rolled right I, past I think a it, thing that we arrive at a lot when we talk about these very special episodes is that I think generally they end up, it's that they're not worth doing because of the amount, the lack of care that goes into them. Yeah. yeah. That this feels like a subplot that would that would roll out over several episodes mm-hmm. to have any yeah. sort of weight or effect. Like a TV show nowadays would do it, yeah, over a whole season. Yeah. Kind of oh, yeah. When, when Kelly on 90210 fell in with a cult, they said, oh, spent yeah. like a solid eight episodes running through there that whole That's what that I'm talking about. Nice. It's just, they want to do, like... In general, special episodes want to do a special episode. They want they want to get to the end game quickly, so a lot of times they use shorthand, and that just is to the detriment. So the shorthand here is, oh, you got this guy; he's got a lot of kids around, and he uses some weird terms like centered. And now we're supposed to not like him because he's a cult. Yet we don't even know what's not to like. You, you know, just because you use some weird lingo doesn't necessarily mean you're insidious yeah. in some way. I mean, right? It's like they want to tell you that a thing is important. Mm-hmm. But it's so briefly and surface level addressed that it undermines the importance of it. Yeah. But I think that maybe the purpose of very special episodes is just to bring something to your attention. Maybe. That you're not supposed to watch this episode and now go, okay, I know now that cults are bad. That maybe it's just supposed to make you aware of that yeah. and maybe do your own research or talk to your parents about it or something. Yeah, it's just tough because you lose nuance and there's so much... Because, I mean, what's the difference between a cult and just, like, some club that's supposed to help kids be occupied after school? Yeah, like know? like a youth group or yeah, something. exactly. Well, and what's the difference between this cult and the Foot Clan? Yeah, exactly. I have no idea. <laughs> well, well this one is... Yeah, as far as we can tell, Mr. Max, not a ninja. Well, that's a fucking disappointment. <laughs> but there are arcade I'm, games, though, you know. That's all I really Go care about, to be honest. honest. Being a martial artist would take a lot of work, but you can just play one on a double dragon. <laughs> you can beat up the Ninja Turtles at Street Fighter. Yeah, exactly. Mm, damn. So then we go to Corey's house. And Corey's parents and Feeney are talking about the cult, and Feeney straight up hates this cult. Yeah. He's the only one that's hip to it. I feel like they straight up stole Feeney's pose behind the fence from Tim the Toolman Taylor's Wilson for his <laughs> reboot. And I also thought it was really funny how he's Mr. Feeney is behind this little fence, and it kind of looks like he's a caged animal at <laughs> a petting zoo. Like they keep Feeney in the yard next door just for... Uh... To have to, to moralize for them. He's always been their neighbor, though, right? Just go literally that direction for a while. Well, and we see Feeney's face. Yeah, he's their neighbor from the beginning. I mean, that's the mm. the very original premise of the show is that Corey moves next door to his teacher. Yeah. Okay. And his teacher's a real hard ass. Yeah. He's a hard ass, but he's also like wise and kind. He's a hard he ass runs. in order to like make you be a better person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's another theme to like Boy Meets World is a uh, tough love. Really yeah, like yeah, a lot of man dad grabbing. Yeah. yeah. So then, uh, then Sean shows up, and this is—I gotta say—this is kind of funny because they're like, "Oh, Sean, you came home. Oh, Eric brought you home." Yeah. Like, no, I brought Eric yeah. home because he got kicked out. Because he cult. got kicked out of the cult for trying to hit on all of the nubile sixteen-year-olds. Well, he said he was just in it for the hugs. Which yeah, was kind of funny. He hugged and, a lot of boobs that night, y'all. And then Feeney's like, this cult is bullshit. 
And then the parents actually are like, maybe we should tie him up inside. And I was like, just do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the same dad force that the bad dad is going to use at the center. It's for, for his centering. own good. Carol, if you ever try to join a cult, I'm tying you to a chair. I'm already in like 12 cults. <laughs> well, then I'll, next time I see you, I'm tying you to a chair. Well, yeah. Shit. So, and this is where Sean goes on his screed about how they're like they're judging him and they're trying to like talk him out of his beliefs and i'm like all they're saying is that a legal minor under their care can't sleep at some rando club with a bunch of other kids and one creepy (laughs) adult that's not religious persecution that's just the law like you're you're not allowed to do this as a 16 year old But what do they eat for dinner at the cult? Each <laughs> other? Chow. It's like a slurry. Yeah. <laughs> Gruel. Uh, no, I like David's answer. It's true. He's eating up so much pussy, he doesn't care what's for dinner. He's getting his nutrients from Conalingus. Yeah. Baller move. <laughs> well, this is where we kind of get into what I think the actual message is. But uh, Sean's like, you know, I've never believed in anything before. You know, I've always been empty inside. And finally, you know, I got something believe in and then the dad Corey's dad's like well what did you believe in before the center he's like what do you mean i didn't do that's it. right he's like well you believed in something right he's like i don't know and he said did you believe in god and then there's no answer but then like there's like a weird pause yeah, yeah. and everyone's just like how dare he not just answer yet like like there seemed to be like oh it's very scandalous for him not to answer that question with like a quick yes or something at least that's how i took it and then right and then like, I what would happen on a sitcom then. what would happen on a sitcom like this if someone said no i just don't believe in god yeah. would they like burn them it's like the alcoholics anonymous uh relationship with god where you like mm-hmm. have to no i know i want to talk about that a little because we're gonna get some more yeah, god this, stuff yeah. Yeah. this is the part where it's like i look down at the timer on the episode because i'm like okay <laughs> Sean's met this cult, but indoctrinated into this cult, had an argument with his friend about the cult. Now the, like, adult guardians in his life are banding together and we're heading for a confrontation with the cult to, like, save Sean's soul, and we're, like, slightly over halfway through the episode. Like, that's a lot of shit to happen already. A lot lot happens. It's it's packed, man. But, oh, Austin. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even know what's about to go down. <laughs> so then, because Mr. Feeney in the middle of all this goes to answer his phone. Uh-huh. Which you do. Uh-huh. Yeah. Important intervention. Yeah. And he doesn't have a cell phone. He has to go into his house. Right. Ha. And then he comes back <laughs> and he's like, Mr. Turner was in a motorcycle accident. I did not know it was this kind of special episode. What a twist. I wrote down, whoa, double whammy, very special episode. <laughs> Yeah, it, double points. It just got a lot more special. What I love because they're like, oh my god, is he going to be okay? And Mr. V's like, no. <laughs> like, <we're just> like, <laughs> you, you never hear that on a TV show. I know. He's, He's like, his right. guts were all over the room. <laughs> He's right. We never see him again. He dies or he gets cryogenically <laughs> well, frozen well, here for Well, I'll tell you years. what. There's two kinds of accidents on TV. Uh-huh. There's the ones where no matter what happened to you, you're going to be fine. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ones where you're written off the show. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was just so funny because usually it's either like, thank God, yes, or I don't know. It was just me. He's like, no, he's not going to be okay. (laughs) He was like, "Mm, mm." (laughs) mm-mm. To be fair, on Netflix, 
a certain Canadian teen drama just dropped its next season, and I watched it. Degrassi. And uh, it spent the entire season with a person who was in an accident, was in a coma, and That's then right, actually Jimmy? came out. But then he like couldn't walk and speak, and then eventually, and he still can't speak by the end of the season, which is probably the most realistic portrayal of like a serious accident <laughs> of a coma what the ever. What are you talking about, David? <laughs> Degrassi. I guess that's a good show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Too bad it's not this one. So anyway, they go to the hospital. <laughs> And uh, Sean's like, I'll meet you there. And they're yeah, like, he... fucking come with us. And he's like, I'll meet you there. Which I don't really know what the point that was. <laughs> well, so oh, he can go he back and get Mr. Matt. without the center anymore. Because like, yeah. he spent like a day and a half with yeah. this guy. <laughs> it's been 36 hours. He doesn't know how to live without this guy. So they all go to the hospital. And then they're like, what the fuck, man? And then Sean shows up with Mr. Mac. The other thing is that Mr. Mac... <laughs> Is kind of a great guy. Or he's very, very invested in Sean above everybody else because he's just all. That's what I was thinking because I was like, he's got a hundred cult members (laughs) and he just met this one dude. He's not even a hot girl. Yeah. And he's going to go to the hospital and hang out with him because his mentor is in Yeah, I mean, he can't be going to the bedside of every cult member's motorcycle accident ridden mentor. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't have that kind of time. (laughs) Hey, wait a second. Do you think that Mr. Turner was riding his motorcycle and Mr. Mac like put a stick in his spokes or something? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think it, I think this was intentional on Mr. Turner's part to Oh, get, you're going from the other side. Yeah, get Sean out of the cult. He's like riding his motorcycle like in angst and he's like, How am I gonna save Sean? How am I gonna save Sean? <laughs> Are you sure that he just wasn't drinking? <laughs> Well, Carol, was he singing Wild Thing at the top of his lungs when the accident happened? What I like is that Austin and David had opposite answers, but they both agree that this motorcycle accident was was no accident. accident. (laughs) It was on purpose. It's just a matter of who made it happen. What if God made it happen? What about God? Oh, there's our third option. It could have been Corey's dad because he's the one who makes the tough decisions, you know, just for the love of the kids. But he was there. At the, he has an alibi. That's he true. He could have paid someone. But he could have like cut the brakes yeah. earlier. Yeah. That's very yeah. true. That's how I'd do it. No, this is this is where I'm Good starting to, to think that maybe uh, <laughs> maybe Mr. Mac has some sort of uh, like Dianetics style text that suggests that Sean is their like chosen one or something, and that's why he's investing <laughs> yeah. so much there's time. There's like in somewhere Sean on around. the wall. There's a stick figure drawing with his hair and the sun shining. <laughs> it's on it's him. actually just a mop in the corner, but they think it's a, <laughs> a representation of their savior. That's a really good low budget prop. He looked in his hat and he saw a picture of Sean <laughs> on his golden scroll. Or whatever. Exactly. So then, um, Mr. Mac shows up, and everyone gets fucking. Uh, Corey's dad is about to beat the shit out of Mr. Mac, <laughs> well, and he actually threatens to kill him. A judgment I made a long time ago is that Sean Hunter is the best friend that my kid ever had. And I will kill to protect Sean Hunter from people like you. Yeah, this is the second big bad dad grab of the night, and it's the finale piece. This is for Austin. I've realized this. Now, this is a callback <laughs> to our last episode we just did. Uh-huh. But, uh, Corey's dad to his family and friends is what Jack Bauer is to America. Wow. Oh, okay. So he so he basically like does all of the terrible shit in the defense <laughs> of his family. Like he's gonna do whatever it takes to make sure his family and whatever close friends that happen to be on TV. Gotcha. Are- 
to keep them safe. No, this is another part where it's uh, the aesthetic or the like ethics to the show just never completely jives with me. Where I'm like, this is a little intense and a little overboard and a little like you don't want your dad threatening to kill people. Yeah. <laughs> don't you or know? Your fake dad, even your adoptive fake sometimes yeah. dad. Yeah, and he, he, you're not really on his side, right? <laughs> He's, like, manhandling somebody, and you're supposed to be like, yeah, sometimes dads have to push other dads. Yeah. But it's not really a good idea, and the wife says, like, honey, he wants a lawsuit, dummy. Yeah, I know. He's like, well, and it's just, again, I'm very annoyed that I'm feeling a need to defend Mr. Mac. I know. Yeah, that's... Because all he does is support Sean in his time of need, <laughs> and then everyone's trying to kick the shit out of him. Yeah. It is weird. Like, if what if Mr. Max just sincere? Like, maybe he's a little misguided to have like a whole bunch of teenagers like living in this building. But what if he actually is just trying to be a sincere person who thinks he's taking care of these kids? Like, that's what I'm saying. Is that's where this falls short. Mm-hmm. Is we never see Mr. Mac do anything wrong ever. Yeah, he's just like, hey, let's all hug and be really nice to each other, not judge a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, he could just be very well intentioned, but poorly executing his intentions yeah in ter- in terms of just like this probably isn't the best way to go about helping kids but f- we're given no evidence to suggest that he's in this for anything other than helping kids we don't know that this is a sex cult we yeah. don't know that this is a money scam we don't know that he thinks aliens are coming and he needs the souls of these children to power his starship to meet them like <laughs> For all we know, he's just, like, a well-meaning dude who's trying some radical approach to helping wayward teens. For the last time, Austin, that was not a cult. Aliens were coming, and we needed power. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Max just like, I don't know, dude. I bought Double Dragon. It was really fun. (laughs) And so then I bought Bad Dudes. And And all these kids just kept wanting to come over, and I had a lot of extra rooms. Turtlenecks were buy one, get one. I mean, they were up all night playing the video games and I thought safer to just stay here than go home in the middle of the night and I just couldn't help but notice that everyone was always judging these kids so I was like don't judge the kids and they loved it here I never touched one butthole and tonight I will dine on turtle soup oh yeah <laughs> turtle that's a great soup. game <laughs> butthole soup Corey's dad's like violent outburst would have worked better if he was just like if you ever do anything to hurt Sean, you know... I'll hurt you or Yeah, something. I'll hurt you. Not like, I'm going to kill you because I think you might be <laughs> thinking doing bad things to Sean. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, little too ex- you're right. It's a very Jack Bauer extreme level of mm-hmm. uh, of response to the situation. So then Mr. Max like, let's let Sean decide for himself. And then Sean's missing. Yeah. <laughs> and they both, and it, like, clap their knees and they're like, here, boy. Here, boy. Who do you love, boy? Well, Which one of us do you love? Like, Come to the one you love, boy. <laughs> cool, cool. Huh, one of them's holding a cookie. But, um, well, and it's kind of annoying that, like, while two men are, like, having a fist fight over Sean, he's, like, not even there. He, like, lost interest. <laughs> You, like, like to be there when the men are fighting over you, Ryan? I do. I'm like, boys, you can both have me. (laughs) Hey, so David and Carol. Mm -hmm. Oh, all right. uh, Since Ryan was off sunning himself in New Zealand, do you remember in our Growing Pains episode when Carol had to, like, create an elaborate 
fictional lie about being Matthew Perry's fiance yeah. just so she could go in and talk to him. Lots changed right. in five years because now <laughs> these like three teens just wander into this like crippled up motorcycle accident hospital room. Yeah, he has like no. Apparently, Mister Turner has no outside family or friends except for Mister Feeney and oh, some yeah. students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a loner. That. He's a rebel. <laughs> You know what I learned, too, in my research? What? What? That comic book author Neil Gaiman is the son of a big-up guy in Scientology. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, and he was raised Scientologist, and he left. I did not know that at all. Good to get out of that. I've met Neil Gaiman. Nice guy. You know? Oh, Oh, I guess you don't watch. Well, do you remember Tara from The Walking Dead, Austin? Uh, Tara. Yes, yeah. yeah. I remember Tara from True Blood. Is it the same no, one? No, I don't think so. But she's ah, it. the sister of Hyde from that '70s show. Okay. And they're both big Scientologists. Was the other part I was going to and I. Yeah, and um, and the homegirl from that '70s show who's on Orange Is the New Black is a Scientologist. Oh, really? Yeah, if you read the Laura list of Scientologists, it's really disappointing and sad. Is because Hyde on that '70s show, his brother was the eldest brother on Malcolm in the Middle. He was Francis on Malcolm in the oh, Middle. I didn't That's know what they were For whatever reason, I thought for a moment it was Sean. From this show, and that's where I went oh, down yeah. this rabbit hole of looking. And I was like, yeah, they are vaguely to... similar. Yeah, and then it's like, no, you know, Ryder Strong is not Scientologist, has nothing to do with it, but yeah. Yeah, that makes me wonder if uh, they're, uh, if he's a Scientologist as well. I assume. It's just so yeah. sad. Ryder Strong, that's like I know, but like, it sounds like, yeah, like that's a porn star's name, yeah, isn't well, it? I, now I'm doubting he was born with it. He couldn't have been born with that name. No, David. He was born as Ryder King Strong, <laughs> according Damn. according to IODB, which is even more preposterous. <laughs> He's got to be a Scientologist, yeah. and his dad was like trying to make points with Zenu. <laughs> All right, anyway, not so we're in the hospital room, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I would say one of the most difficult emotional beats <laughs> is when Sean wants to leave. And Corey forces a hug upon him. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, this is a hug. And you're like, what am I watching? (laughs) Corey, come on, let me go. Corey, let me go. Sean, this is a hug, okay? This is a hug. And this is when you hug somebody, when you care about them. And then you want them to know that. Now, you cannot leave here. Do you hear me? Yeah, it's another man grab. This is all about, like, grabbing men and forcing them to... Feel love the right way. I found it kind of very domineering and a little well, bit erotic. There's nothing wrong with people hugging all the time. Like that was a force hug. Yeah, no, he's yeah. He he basically like blocks the doorway and then like wraps him up. And he's like, "This is a hug." He's like, "This is real life," and I'm like, "Well, technically, the center's real life too." You know, it's not yeah any more or less different. It's just a different place in the world. It's just weird. It was just a really weird moment. It's like one of those things when it's trying to be emotionally affecting, and it's like, who wrote this? (laughs) So then they leave Sean alone with Mr. Turner, and they're like, Sean, we're going to leave you alone to deliver the worst monologue in television (laughs) history. And part of that monologue is that I'm not good at alone. Yeah, he says, I don't do alone real good. Yeah. So then, gentle music comes on. You're not talking, but I know you're here. 
So I'm just gonna talk. You can listen. John, even when I was at the center, it was all the things that you taught me that made me wonder if it was the right place for me or not. But you didn't teach me enough. You and Corey and my parents and the Matthews and the handful of people who really care about me. So don't blow me off, John. Don't blow me off, God. I've never asked you for anything, and I never wanted to come to you like this. But don't take Turner away from me. He's not done yelling at me yet. God, you're not talking, but I know you're here. So I'm going to talk. And you can listen. God. I don't want to be empty inside anymore. When I have watched this episode before... This seemed to make more sense because I thought maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but it's like, oh, I thought he was still with Mr. Turner when I think back to this episode, like he was still living with him. And now this is like mm-hmm. upending everything. But he's like living with the Matthews now. Like he, he's not so alone. Fuck Mr. Turner, he can go die. Yeah, and, exactly. par- and his parents are but like they make some comment early yeah. in the episode that like his parents are back together and trying to like work things out and. I think this is during the period where his parents, like, are off together. Like, that's what the premise is, is that his parents are trying to work out their relationship yeah. and they abandon Sean. Yeah. Oh. And so and that's why he lives with the Matthews. There's a lot of yeah. weird things that Sean's parents do that I don't think really make sense. But whatever. Well, and then Sean's dad dies yeah. later, right? I think his mom dies, too, though, or something. That's, like, another special episode. So, anyway, um, so then... Sean talks to the withering body <laughs> of Mr. Turner. He looks really beat up. He, he, he doesn't does. even wake mm-hmm. up. And let's be like, this isn't like when Matthew Perry was in that hospital bed, he was just kind of like banged up or whatever. Like this guy, he's got like the the Slater fake cast on one mm-hmm. leg. And he's got his, like, arm in a cast and up in a sling. And he's got the neck brace on. And he's got the black eye. And he's unconscious the whole time. Like, this motorcycle fucking beat the shit out of this guy. Oh, Austin. Yeah. Yeah. You just brought up a point of, we we assume this accident actually happened. But you mentioned the Slater Uh. fake cast. What if this is all (laughs) fake? And that would explain why they're just like, yeah, you kids can go in without any sort of... I did note Mm. that in real life, he would have a whole lot more, like, cords and plugs and junk coming in and out of him. Then, yeah, they uh, didn't even put a urethra in. Yeah, I did not notice a catheter. Yeah. yeah, and there was like no, he would he'd have like a thing around his nose, and he'd probably have a uh, he'd be intubated and have like a tube down his throat and stuff. And so maybe this whole thing was staged just to get Sean out of this cult. Yeah. So then Sean's like, "Don't blow me off, John." I guess John being Mister Turner's first yeah. name. And then he's like, "Don't blow me off, John." Don't blow me off, God. And then he has a talk with God. So this is this really bothers me. So I guess, okay, because if the point is just that cults are bad, then yes, I support that. Cults are bad. But if the point is that you need to accept a higher power 
i.e. the Christian God, into your life, or you're going to be susceptible to charlatans. Yeah. Then fuck that. Because everyone yeah. has this void in their heart that needs to be filled by some sort of higher authority. And so if you're not going to believe in the true Christian God as your higher authority then you're going to be susceptible to all these uh, fakers who will then try to assert their authority because that's all you're going to be looking for because you can't be a whole person without a belief in some sort of higher authority. And that higher authority has to be the Christian God. Well, that's the right higher authority and if you're not going to be beholden to that one who knows who you're going to be beholden to. Yeah. I like the line. I found it sexual too. I don't. <laughs> don't blow that, me off, God. You were like, blow me, right? God. That was sexual. <laughs> that was. And then That's the which was like, I don't have to be empty anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Fill me, God. Fill me with your righteous seed mm. and let it be a burst of holy love. He's like, Mr. Turner, wake up and fill me. Fill um, it. Yeah. So, I mean, you can. The, the easy joke here is like, oh, Sean, replace one cult with another. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Right. And like, I mean, all joking aside, like you can make an argument for how, you know, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, like any major religion, like you can make the argument for how it is different than a cult. This show, this episode is not in any way, shape or form trying to make that argument. Like, that's, that's what they're trying to say. They're trying to say that, you know, this is the better belief. This is the way to fill that empty hole. But they're not succeeding in any, you know, they're, they're not even, they're just, they're assuming the audience is on the same page as far as, yeah, being Christian is the best kind of cult to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I feel like the real solution, uh, a more contemporary, kind of uh universal concept is that having like a loving community right is what can protect you from a cult but that completely failed kind of like what sean is supposed to have right and instead it's it had because what if mr turner hadn't gotten into a motorcycle accident (laughs) Mm -hmm. would sean just become a cult member forever that's why i don't even know what about this accident makes him not want to be in a cult anymore. It's because he finds a higher calling. I know. It's because he finds God. <laughs> and that's shitty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. And it and it 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 it's it basically it's trying I guess it's what the moral of this episode is is be Christian. Yeah, or some sort of uh Anglo religion. Yeah. And that's not to denigrate people who believe in God. You can believe in God. No. It's just if you don't believe in God, if you're an atheist, it doesn't make you a bad person or susceptible and or to, yeah, you know, highly susceptible to cults or anything like or that. Or that like, you don't have any morals or anything like that, you know. I just feel like it skews the whole point. Yeah. This becomes a religious message instead of just an anti-cult message, which and right. cults can be religious. Like, I mean, you know, you can be Christian and have a Christian church and not be a cult, but you can use Christianity to create a cult too. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. And they have more in common than they have separately. And (laughs) they didn't really sell why this Judeo Christian beard cloud God is like better than this blazer turtleneck man. Exactly. I mean, the blazer turtleneck man has double dragon, you guys. Yeah, come on, I know, guys. Let me know like, when you got that. He's got fucking Bible games. That sucks. I know. They've never been good. 
My god is a 16-bit god. <laughs> so then Sean holds hand. He says, God, I don't want to be empty inside anymore. That's right? the line. Yeah. So sexual. I know. That's what I say every night. I know. Is that how, is that you, how you begin your nightly ritual with your that's, fella? Yeah, that's our court, court, courtship coitus. Mm, I don't want to be empty inside anymore. <laughs> no, I'm getting turned So then, then he holds hands with Mr. Turner, who I guess kind of holds his hand back. Yeah. And then the credits come. It's supposed to be a hopeful moment, I guess. And Mr. Turner has, like, road rash, bad skin all over I know, over I wouldn't too, hold like... that fucking ha- gross hand. <laughs> yeah, he probably shouldn't. A nurse should stop him from putting his hand in his wound bones. So, <laughs> I will say that there, I think it's the episode they graduate high school, but it might be the final episode of Boy Meets World, where they have an offhand joke where they're like, oh, there's Mr. Turner, and they're looking off screen, and they're like, hi, Mr. Turner. According oh, to IMDb, David, it is the graduation episode. Yeah, and like Minkus says something to him, yeah. I guess. And yes. like, you think they were seeing the ghost of <laughs> Mr. Turner? Well, I'm saying like if you are a viewer and you're kind of invested in like this character that was brought on and this relationship between Sean and Mr. Turner, and that's pretty much the only resolution you ever get. That's kind of a F you do, like, anybody. Yeah. And it's like a year later. Yeah, exactly. Like, and oh, it's yeah. like, oh, Sean doesn't think about this chump anymore, and it's like, he took him in under his wing, you know? And can you imagine, like, we rag on sitcoms all the time for the way that, like, everything just gets reset at the end of an episode and like so you watch this episode and it's supposed to be you know this big turning point for sean and you know he's mm-hmm. gotten out of this cult and mr turner's been in an accident and then you turn in for the next episode and it's like oh there's mr turner teaching in class and he's not injured anymore and we kind of roll our eyes at it. it's not that he's gone like he's just <laughs> fucking gone I guess it's a very special episode for us, the viewer, not to care about sitcoms. And it isn't even like he wakes up in this episode. Yeah. Like, if you're paying attention at all, you would just assume after a while, like, did he die in that episode? And it's a year later you find out through, like, an offhand comment that, no, he didn't die. And it's just Sean such an asshole, he never, like visits Mr. Turner anymore, talks with him, despite... No, he's never referenced again. I know, it's weird, because he's a major character on the show for at least, I think, two years. He's a major influence uh... on the character of Sean's life. It's not like he's just, like, a recurring teacher that just keeps showing up. Right. He was his dad for a while. I mean... I bet he has, like, a coma for two years and then comes back with psychic powers like the dead zone. But they could have at least told you about that. (laughs) Yeah, they haven't gotten around to the spinoff. There's... There's Matthew Perry is on three episodes of Growing Pains and Carol gets over his death really fast. And then there's like, yeah, he, this is this guy's like a cast member with a strong, specific relationship to another character. And mm-hmm. he's just gone like if, with no commentary whatsoever. Wait, Matthew like if, Perry died? Yeah, dude. Oh, that's rough. Spoiler, it was that sad. That's It'd sad. be like if, if Ben died on Growing Pains. Yeah. That'd be awesome. But no one would care, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then... Mr. Turner comes back on Girl Meets World, I learned. Yeah. And he actually ends up being the one who hired Corey to come work in the school district. Is he playing, like, the Feeny now? I guess. I would would have hired Corey and be like, fuck you, you never visited me when I was in the hospital. (laughs) That's true. Um, Is Mr. Turner still, like, sexy when he's old? Can you ask the children who work for us? 
it does. <laughs> IMDb does say that uh, in Girl Meets World, it's revealed that Mr. Turner married his nurse and yep. became the <laughs> superintendent that hired Corey as a teacher. I bet. She was a horned up. Nurse. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. All nurses are. Yeah. What if it's Monique? From television. It was probably Monique. I'm gonna <laughs> headcan, yeah. and it was Monique. So then, during the credit sequence, Sean comes out, and he's like, "He'll be fine." Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Did he wake up?" And he's like, "No, I just know he'll be fine." Yeah, yeah. God told me. <laughs> and they're like, "This cult guy's really done a number on you. If you think you're talking to God." And then the cult guy's like. Sean, let's go back to the cult. And he's like, no. Well, he does the sitcom thing, and he's like, sure, I'll go back to the cult with you and get my things. (laughs) And then he drops this really great breakup line. Sean's like, I'm done with easy, I'm done with empty, and I'm done with you, which is also what I say every night after coitus. Oh, wow. That's after, yeah. After you've had your emptiness filled up? Fuck all those other kids in the cult, you know. That's their problem. And the cult leader does say at some point that he's got a hundred other children, right? Yeah, he actually makes Sean sound really expendable earlier in the episode. <laughs> but yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is they don't, like, do anything to... As far as we know, this cult thrives for years. Yeah. And that, well, those no. hundred teenage girls all kill themselves later. <laughs> the important kid got yeah, out of the right. cult. That's what we yeah. need to know. Feeney's Fe- crusade is for naught now that he's got <laughs> Sean out. <laughs> Sean was saved. That's all we care about. It's fucked up, man. It's really weird. So that's the end. And then, like, Sean just, like, smiles at the family for ten solid seconds. And then it's the fucking... Yeah, nothing, I mean, nothing like wrapping up the big character beat for your character in the, like, same part of the episode where Zack stabbed his sword into a wall and tripped over it on the college years. Like, (laughs) it's just like, this is the, like closing stinger after the last commercial break and that's what they hold the big like emotional resolution of his storyline for yeah some shows around this time started doing really like important shit during the stinger like Roseanne would do it a lot yeah, I think it's yeah. just to keep people watching you know watching the commercial. oh yeah totally and then watching step by step which was on immediately mm-hmm. afterwards Step. It's just you don't really give it any room to breathe that way. I don't. Know. Yeah, no, it's definitely. I mean, this is a very rushed story. <laughs> so, would you say? Sorry, I just in going way off topic again. Would is Boy Meets World? <laughs> does that have the worst theme song of all the TGIF? Yeah, it's got that fucking, like, Hawaiian thing, yeah. like, shitty white boy Hawaiian. It changes later in the series, but it's still not good. I think it had, like, three theme songs during its run. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'd i be hard-pressed to say yes without double-checking, like, I don't know, was Sabrina the Teenage Witch's theme song yeah. a lot better than... I don't know, like, yeah. Some of those, like, TGIF shows towards the end that I couldn't even, I don't even know were there at this point. Like, I don't know, some of them might have been worse. But of the, like, classic era TGIF, yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Well, because they were all by, like, one person for a long time. Yeah, and this one wasn't, so, yeah. I mean, that might be- yeah, because, like, the Full House and Family Matters and Step-by-Step themes were all by the same person. 
Some crappy Rod Stewart knockoff. And that person was Alan Thick. No, I'm just kidding. It was oh, R.I.P. It was not Alan His Thick. non-union equivalent, Alan Thin. <laughs> but yeah, because there was one that's like, When this boy meets world. <laughs> when the boy meets world. Yeah. yeah. See, I remember it, so it's not that bad if I can remember it. I can't remember Sabrina's. Because then there was the original one, too, that was, like, an animated version of him, and then, like, right. the world came up, and he, like, put his foot up on it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Uh, Carol, what'd you learn? <laughs> um, well, I think we do, if we think it's effective, or what was special about the episode. You want to do learn? We do both, or either. Yeah, I, uh... we don't really seem like we have a consensus about this. <laughs> yeah, I kind of veer towards special, but I like if it's effective, too. Or we could do learn. You're the host. I'll answer any damn question. <laughs> I don't know. Do we have a consensus on this? What, no, we always seem to kind of go back and forth. All right. What did you learn, Carol? Um, I learned that... I learned two things. I learned that the child member of our crack research team who knows which boys are hunky is named Larry. Yeah, Larry. <laughs> He's a great guy. I'm glad he finally got some recognition from you. He's showing a lot Thank of promise you. in the organization. I could I could really move him. I could groom him up and sell him. I wouldn't trust him with you. Okay. <laughs> uh, I also learned that uh, a good technique is to not invite somebody into your cult the first day you meet them. You want to kind of lead them down the garden path. That's a second date question. Yeah. David, what did you learn? I learned that if you want to get someone out of a cult, you have to have a horrible accident happen to you. <laughs> Austin, what did you learn? I learned that if you want to get someone out of a cult, you have to make someone have an accident. <laughs> I think this is the evil Austin tonight. <laughs> also, I learned I learned that a good way to attract people to your cult is to stock it with attractive, nubile sixteen-year-old girls and arcade. Oh, you didn't yeah. know that. And 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 double yeah. dragon and double dragon. It makes me feel weird when Austin says nubile. I intentionally <laughs> throw that in there so that you'll feel weird. There's it's something... evil Austin confirmed. Evil Austin makes me feel weird. I mean, and I learned that cults are bad? <laughs> Question mark? Well, that's but not as bad as a 22-minute narrative about cults. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's like, how effective was this at teaching us about cults? And the problem is, yeah. cults are one of those things where... You don't know you're in one, and this one was very obviously a cult, so it's tough to like be like it's easy to like, be on the lookout for someone who says, "Hey, come over here to my cult," you know. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's where I feel like maybe the lesson of this episode was less cults are bad and more you should be Christian. Yeah, because I f- yeah, it was yeah. basically like become a god-fearing American or you'll get pulled into a cult. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, the cult is just so, like, broad and obvious and we're given no background on what it's all about. And, like you said, it, it doesn't teach you any, like, techniques for, like, spotting when you're in a bad situation because it's never this fucking obvious that you're in a cult. He knows he's in a cult within ten minutes of walking in there. And, well, there's that, and then there's nothing bad about the cult that we know of, too. Right. Right, they never established that, like, what this guy is after and why it's inappropriate and why it's not a, a, a successful 
alternative to what Sean is looking for, yeah. other than they say it's not, and that's where it just kind of fails at teaching the lesson cults are bad, if that is what it is trying to do, and I don't know that it is. It's definitely trying to tell you that cults are bad, but it doesn't do a great job of telling you why cults are bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's saying cults are bad, so you have to be Christian so you don't get into a cult. So you don't get into a motorcycle accident. Yeah. Also, the title of the episode is Cult Fiction, which is, to be cute. which is clearly a pun on Pulp Fiction, which was a very popular movie around this time, if you, if our younger audience members don't know that. Uh, <laughs> trying to be cute maybe isn't what you should be doing in a very special episode. <laughs> right. Like, and also, it's a really another piece of really violent material yeah. to reference. Yeah. Here. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. But yeah, like maybe the very special episode that's trying to teach someone an important lesson isn't the episode you trot out your pun title for. And this is coming from a man who loves him some puns. But Well, and it's a very dated mm. pun, too, because yeah. it's just a play on Pulp Fiction, which was just a popular movie at the time. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't relate to this narrative at all. Not, right. Right, there's nothing fictional or anything about it. That's the cheap way out when you make a reference in, like, a title, but then the episode has nothing to do with that, so... Right, if they earned that, it'd be different. Right. (laughs) Like that, uh... Margaret Cho show. The The Pulp Fiction episode of it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was was because she was dating Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) It was still a good episode, I liked it. Uh, okay, does anyone have anything else to say about this episode? (laughs) Nope. Well, that seems to be wrapping up our discussion about the episode, but um, I'm very interested in where I can find you guys online because I'm so intrigued by your online presences. So uh, starting with Austin, where might I find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me and my nubile thoughts on Twitter no! at Austin Gorton, <laughs> and you can uh, read my writing at therealgentlemanofleisure.com. And... David Bitsenhofer, where might I find you on the internet? You can find my meandering ramblings on Twitter at Dr. Bits and at therealgentlemanofleisure.com Carolyn Maine, how about yourself? Uh, you can find me laying my hands on bad dads <laughs> at www.carolynmaine.com Carolyn Maine on Twitter, Carolyn Maine on Tumblr, Carolyn Maine on Facebook Carolyn Maine uh, I said them already uh, this is C-A-R-O-L-I-N-M-A-I-N, like the streets, babies. And as for me, your host this week, Ryan Alexander Tanner, my name is much too long to be an internet handle. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Boo to Ryan's name. Thanks, Women's Lib, given the two last names. <laughs> Boo, lesbian mother. Um... Oh, yeah, so my website is ohyesverynice.com. That's O-H-Y-E-S verynice.com, which is all artwork. Has very little to do with pop culture bullshit. Oh, yes, very nice is my Twitter handle and my Instagram. And that's enough. That's enough stuff for now. Uh, so we'll be back in, what, two weeks? Mm-hmm. And what's our next episode going to be, Carol? Well, if you when you edit, you could cue some really sad music right now. So I'm just going to leave in you saying that. Okay, great, great, yeah. <laughs> so, similar to the polio epidemic, a lot of people don't really know about what happened in the 90s to the new children before we came up with some kind of vaccine. And there's one very serious Oprah Winfrey episode 
that dwells into that. So, so shall we dwell into the big O when we experience a bout of turtle mania. (laughs) 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 Much like the Foot Clan in Being Cool, we're going to find out, like, what, what's really on the Ninja Turtles' minds. And there's some very special overtones of bestiality. And it's going to be really exciting. We're going to be watching this, the episode of Oprah where she has the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on to promote their coming out of their shell tour. Oh, That's my God. I was never cured for. <laughs> right. They still don't have a vaccine, and I'm trying to raise awareness of turtle mania. It's very important to expose your children when they're young so they have a chance of developing an immunity. Wow. And I'll take any of you bitches who want to ride that. <laughs> I'm floored. <laughs> and Schmidt's Schmall and Schmootube. Oh, sweet. In case they take it. Yep. Good to know. Okay, well, yeah. I don't know if I can say I'm looking forward to that. Okay. <laughs> I've avoided seeing that thus far. I've seen clips of it and never wanted to watch it. It's going to be weird to watch the whole thing. It's probably not going to be as bad as Life Day, but it is puppets. So, so you're going to say next week we're going to be watching... Ninja Turtles! Ninja Turtles! You get a turtle! And you get a turtle! And you get a turtle! <laughs> Alright, well, that'll give you something to not look forward to, <laughs> listeners. So, uh, you can just wait for that. It'll, it'll be amazing. So, as for the show, we are a very special episode podcast. You can check out our website at a very special episode podcast.com. You can download all our episodes on there, right? Yeah. Um, Facebook.com slash AVSE pod is where you can comment on our episodes and things like that and have a little discussion forum with us. We appreciate it when you do. Our Twitter is at AVSE pod where you can pretty much just see when we post, I guess. I don't know. Uh, And you can email us at AVSE podcast at gmail.com where you can tell us about all your feelings. And also make suggestions about uh, episodes for us to watch. We are trying to find the episode of Too Close for Comfort where the guy gets raped. Please yeah. send us that episode on male rape. We cannot find it. If you have any hot leads on this episode, we'd be very happy to watch it and discuss it or for cold. your benefit. It only aired once. It's never made it on DVD. Somebody's got to have it on VHS out there. Somebody's yeah. got to have it is the name of the episode. <laughs> oh, somebody's got to have that male rape. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's not the name. I feel bad now. All right. I, I, you can also you can download us on iTunes, Podbean, Google Play, and Stitcher. And please rate and review us, but only if it's positive. Yeah. If I don't you, know why well, you if you don't like us, you can still rate us at five stars. Just don't write a review. Yeah. Don't don't review us with your honest opinion. Yeah. If you don't just like us. write the review as like a frowny face. Like no, mm. just don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I'll take a frown. If you don't like the show, then how did you even ever get to this point in this episode <laughs> to hear about this? <laughs> Um, so that about wraps things up for this week. We'll be back shortly. Until then, ba weep gra na weep ninny bong. Ba weep gra na weep ninny bong. Ninny bong. Ba yeah, that was this AVSC on your home PC with some VIPs of SBTB. Was it Austin G, Dr. DB, RAC, or the C What the heck was with?
it's that TV. This podcast is kind of funny. Excuse us all, because we gotta go pee. That was a very special episode. We dissected that shit from head to toe. Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons. Oh, how we've grown. Seen so much TV that we